and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. James Day here today, recording live from the Focus on Pocus studio. Today we have Jason Moore as our guest. Jason Moore received his BS, MS, and PhD degrees from the University of Michigan in 2006, 2007, and 2010, respectively. He is currently an associate professor of mechanical engineering at the Pennsylvania State University and director of the Precision Medical Instrument Design Laboratory. Professor Moore's research interests include studying the interaction between medical instruments and bone and tissue in the body and utilizing mechatronics and advanced simulation to improve medical ultrasound training. Hi, Jason. How are you today? Hello. I'm doing great. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Yes, I'm singing your praises, but it's all true, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and this is great to have a scientist like yourself. Um, I was going to ask you right out of the gate uh, the significance of mechanical engineering that's somehow going to help improve medicine. Yeah, no, that that's a great question. So uh, actually, you know, I, obviously you mentioned uh, all my degrees, uh, my background's really all kind of focused on mechanical engineering. However, my lab, the work that I really do, uh, really focuses on medicine and how we can really try to apply, you know, these mechanical engineering principles uh, to try to ultimately improve medicine in uh, various ways. And, you know, I see there being you know, really a huge opportunities uh, right now, not just in mechanical engineering, but really all other, you know, types of engineering fields, you know, uh, addressing kind of medical problems. So, so I, a lot of times I make the analogy that, you know, in mechanical engineering, some of my colleagues, different people work in areas uh, such as uh, tribology, or that's kind of friction and uh, bearing. So something that's, you know, been researched uh, very extensively for, you know, last 150 years or so. And it's difficult to make, you know, really significant improvements impacts uh, in areas where you have this uh, kind of ongoing long history of research. However, in medicine, you know, there's lots of great opportunities because uh, mm -hmm. uh, many people in, you know, my area of mechanical engineering, you know, haven't had, you know, as much knowledge about medicine until more recently. So we're seeing a lot more of this kind of cross-disciplinary work that's uh, helping to lead to a lot of these uh, improvements. Oh, so you feel, what do you feel of the significance of improving this medical training? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's, you know, huge opportunities and, you know, just kind of medical training, you know, itself. Actually, when, you know, we got into this work now uh, about like four or five years ago, you know, we uh, initially started working down with uh, doctors in uh, Hershey Medical Center. Mm -hmm. And we had heard about uh, significant problems in a specific procedure with ultrasound uh, guided needle insertion, uh, specifically it's uh, central venous catheterization. So a very large needle being placed into a very major vein of the body. And initially, when we kind of looked at this problem, we asked ourselves, well, yeah, you know, we, we build devices, you know, in mechanical engineering, maybe we could build a kind of a new fancy uh, sensorized needle to help improve their care. And we got down there and we started talking to them and we realized that, you know, no, it wasn't 
so much the instrument's fault, but it was more the uh, the amount of training and how prepared the doctors were to actually you know try to go out and uh, perform this procedure. So that really led us down this path of you know how can we you know try to develop uh, devices and software and programs that can uh, really try and improve a point of care ultrasound and to really try to better prepare people ultimately to perform these very uh, delicate procedures. You know, I've heard of uh, improvements made with um, needles that are uh, pitted or dimpled like a golf ball that help refract and reflect the ultrasound beams. And I've I've seen some uh, machines that have where you can press and change the angle to like 45 or yeah. perpendicular to make it really pop so you can see the needle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so what do you, so, hey, listen, what are you working currently yeah. on now at Penn State University? Are you at liberty to speak? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we, we have a, yeah, we have a, a number of uh, products that we're working towards for a uh, training simulation. So uh, the longest running one we have right now, uh, we call it the LX2000. Essentially, it's a, a large uh, uh, kind of a computer-based uh, robotic system that you know has a what's a we call a haptic robot. So it's a robot that uh, recreates the feeling of uh, inserting a needle through multiple levels of tissue. And then this robot works alongside mm. uh, what we call a virtual ultrasound system. So it's a, a basically it looks like your standard ultrasound probe. However, it's not actually performing ultrasound. Rather, uh, the computer is generating a virtual image of what the ultrasound would look like. And so we're able to display this on a computer screen in real time, just as like a regular ultrasound would work. And this allows people to kind of practice this procedure, you know, practice moving the ultrasound, identifying, uh, doing sonoanatomy identification, and practice the feeling of inserting and guiding a needle uh, specifically into the location uh, in the body where it needs to uh, insert. And, uh, you know, some of the real benefits to this and being a more of a computer-based system rather than, you know, I think a more traditional kind of mannequin or a phantom approach yeah. is that, you know, with this uh, computer, we're able to uh, simulate, you know, all different types of scenarios. So we have right now, I think, about 18 uh, different scenarios programmed into it that really represent a kind of diverse patient profiles so that, you know, we're not trying to train people on, you know, the average human, you know, that happens to walk through the door, but you know, trying to give people a more diverse experience. So, you know, what is it going to look like and feel like if I have to do this procedure on, you know, someone that weighs 600 pounds or someone that has, you know, kind of a slightly unusual anatomy or perhaps a very uh, tough skin that you have to puncture through. And and you'll uh, you'll be able to track these metrics and all the nuances of hand movements in ultrasound or... Yeah, these, exactly. So yeah. that yeah, so that the program uh, system we have right now, it's really nice because we uh, have the user. They go through the scenario, uh, they perform it, and then they ultimately you know get feedback about how they did. And we actually give them a grade, you know, A, B, C, D, you know, based on how their performance is, and then try to give them some specific metrics uh, that really uh, strongly relate to uh, the success of the procedure. So did they go in at the right angle? Uh, how centered were they in the vein? Uh, did they kind of pass through and through? Did they they hit the artery instead of the vein. So we try to give them this uh, a bit more automated feedback so they understand, okay, this is what I did wrong. This is how I can ultimately improve this procedure. Yeah, that sounds like a, a nice, like so, some of the, uh, I used to work at a sim center. And we had a bunch of surgical simulators, a lot of symbionics products and uh, a couple, okay, you know, a yeah. lot of the task trainers. And um, I've seen many of these, um, but you're talking about, something that a large 
piece of equipment that will be sin- sitting yeah, in a sim center, not something that's yeah, scalable. Yeah, exactly. Or- so it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, no, it's a, 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 it's a lot of ways very scalable. It's like a, it sits on a cart, so it's about a, uh-huh. you know, a two-by-three-foot cart that you, know, you can wheel around. And right now we have uh, two and a half of them uh, made. And uh, every summer for the last, uh, let's see, three summers now, we've been uh, integrating this into Hershey Medical Center's uh, surgical residency training program. Mm-hmm. So this is being used to train the surgical residents before they actually go out and do this on real humans. Well, that's impressive. That, that's that. I mean, the only other question to ask really is, uh, you know, so what do you think? Is this the future of medical training? This is how it's going to be? Simulators and that uh, track haptics and metrics? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's, you know, lots of uh, benefits to uh, trying to improve and try to kind of push forward a medical simulation that, you know, I, I traditionally when we think about medical education, we have the, you know, a bit more the apprenticeship model about how people kind of learn, they see one, uh, then they actually do one and teach one. And so, yeah, I, I see there being a bigger and bigger place for, you know, simulators to try to help, you know, really bolster a lot of these skills, uh, uh, primarily for, you know, patient safety so that people are, you know, at a, a very sustained level before they actually go into the clinic. So I see lots of, you know, uh, big benefits with that. And uh, also I, I see, you know, in benefits in allowing kind of a just improved medical education overall to be offered that, you know, these simulators that we have, we're able to provide you know, very accurate quantitative feedback to the user about how they performed. And so, you know, right now we have medical schools across the country that, you know, teach this with expert surgeons. And if we can have, you know, devices that can, you know, really teach people and uh, help people learn to become experts, you know, that can have, you know, huge benefits to medical education and providing this high quality education throughout the world. And so that's a, you know, kind of a lot of, you know, I think a momentum for the future and, you know, why this area is, you know, so exciting and why, you know, I've gotten uh, so involved in it. Do you got any other uh, cool toys that you have there in your lab? Sounds like you're working on yeah. a lot of things at the moment. You said the, the yeah, LX2000. Yeah, so we have a couple of things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we have that. That's kind of the, kind of, that's uh, been funded uh, through uh, National uh, Institutes of Health for the last four years now. But we actually have a kind of a more recent uh, one that, a uh, device we're looking to develop. And we, we call it the LT100. And essentially, what this is, is it's a kind of a low cost version of this kind of higher cost, more uh, robotic system that we have. And it's kind of unique in that, you know, we don't have a haptic robot. So we don't have kind of this expensive robot that goes with it, but rather we're able to, accurately recreate at least the feeling of inserting a needle through multiple levels of tissue. And then with software, provide people, you know, some level of feedback about, you know, how steady was their hand motions? Uh, did they insert a needle at the correct angle? And, you know, what was their overall performance? So we're looking to, you know, try to integrate that a bit more into uh, anatomy labs and uh, nursing school programs and kind of earlier uh, medical type education. Well, Jason, wow, that's great. And by the way, you know, our studios are outside Philadelphia here, and you're right there in the middle of Pennsylvania. Oh, are state. you really not that yeah. far? Okay, yeah, so I'm just a couple hours north. It's a yeah, cold day here in a State College, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of chilly here near in the, in the mid-Atlantic, too. So, Jason, listen, thank you for taking the time to be here on today's show. Oh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Great, and, and listen, I, I appreciate the audience for listening, and don't forget, for even more POCUS talk, follow us on Twitter at POCUS Academy and on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy. And Jason, it, it was an honor to have you today on our podcast. All right. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a good day, okay? All right. Thank you much. Take care. Bye-bye. 
hope you enjoyed today's podcast, Focus on Pocus. Be sure to tune in with us next week for more interviews with thought leaders that are on the forefront of global point-of-care ultrasound. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intelios. This podcast is for information purposes only.